Welcome to the Wall Street Journal for Thursday, June 1st, 2017, from Audible. Today, you'll hear these five stories. This time, Trump is right about trade. Investors wake up to UK election risks. Though outnumbered, female CEOs earn more than male chiefs. Why some toxic bosses thrive. And Mike Flynn's pro-Turkey work, an unfinished documentary to boost country's image. From the Economy section of the Wall Street Journal, this time, Trump is right about trade, by Greg Ipp. President Donald Trump took his bellicose economic agenda on the road last week, blasting Germany for its very bad trade surplus, or evil, as one German newspaper translated it, then repeating the accusation on Twitter back home. It was one of several slights that prompted German Chancellor Angela Merkel to respond frostily that Europe needed to determine its future without counting on American help. Yet, Ms. Merkel would be wise to listen. While Mr. Trump gets a lot wrong about trade, on this particular point he's right. Germany's current account surplus, which combines trade and investment income, is now the world's largest. Along with China's, it is a dangerous imbalance that leaves others, including the U.S. and the rest of Europe, worse off. It's not just Mr. Trump who thinks so. The criticism is right. Germany's trade surplus is excessive, says Marcel Fratscher, president of DIW Berlin, a prominent German think tank. Mervyn King, former governor of the Bank of England, went further, arguing, President Trump is right when he identifies a problem with current international trading and monetary relationships. Mr. Trump does misstate the problem. It's not, as he frequently claims, that a trade deficit means one country is using protectionist policies to win at another's expense. Protectionism can change the patterns of a country's exports and imports, but not the overall balance. Rather, deeper economic forces are at work. A trade surplus means a country consumes less than it produces and thus saves a lot. A deficit means the opposite. This can be benign. A country in the upswing of the business cycle, like the U.S., tends to have a deficit. A country in recession or with an aging population tends to have a surplus. However, the persistence and magnitude of Chinese and German surpluses and U.S. deficits suggest actual policy decisions are at work. This comes by interfering with currency markets. As Mr. King notes, a country with a weak economy and a trade deficit would expect its currency to fall to boost exports and restrain imports. That can't happen if exchange rates can't move, as is the case with China and Germany, though for different reasons. China was the largest of a group of countries that from 2003 to 2013 spent more than $5 trillion intervening in foreign exchange markets to hold down their currencies and bolster trade surpluses, according to a new book by Fred Bergsten and Joseph Gagnon of the Peterson Institute for International Economics. That drew production and jobs from deficit countries like the U.S., worsening the 2007-2009 recession and holding back the subsequent recovery. They estimate U.S. employment was depressed by more than 1 million jobs between 2009 and 2014 as a result. China's behavior has changed in recent years. It has allowed its exchange rate to appreciate and, since 2014, has intervened to support it and the trade surplus has shrunk. Messrs. Bergsten and Gagnon suggest a new approach to prevent China from reverting to its old ways. When a country buys dollars to hold down its currency for competitive advantage, 
the U.S. should respond proportionately by purchasing that country's currency. They also recommend the U.S. go beyond current law, which requires the U.S. to discourage currency manipulation in new trade packs by prohibiting it outright. Mr. Trump may seek just that in a renegotiated North American free trade agreement. Since neither Mexico nor Canada manipulate their currencies, this would serve as a template for future pacts. Germany is a tougher challenge. Since adopting the euro in 1999, it hasn't controlled its own currency. However, it did win competitive advantage over its neighbors in the currency union. Labor market reforms restrained domestic wages. In 2007, a payroll tax cut which made German labor more competitive was financed with an increase in the value-added tax, which exempted exports. In previous eras, those reforms would have pushed the Deutsche Mark higher, squeezing Germany's trade surplus. Inside the euro, though, the burden has fallen on Germany's neighbors, including France, to compete by grinding down domestic wages and prices through high unemployment and fiscal austerity. That has kept the entire region's economy weak, forcing the European Central Bank to hold down interest rates and thus the euro. That inflates the entire region's trade surplus with the world. Mr. Fratcher says the problem is not, as Mr. Trump claims, that Germany exports too much. You can't blame BMW for selling cars to American consumers. The problem is Germany is importing too little. In time, that can be fixed if tight labor markets drive up German wages, bolstering domestic spending and imports. To hurry rebalancing, outsiders urge the German government to borrow and spend more, reducing domestic saving. French President Emmanuel Macron is pressing for a fiscal union under which Germany backstops more of its neighbors' obligations, effectively loosening the vice.